Welcome to the God Academy podcast. Humanity's obsession with its own possible demise has created an entire industry of movies that depict all kinds of different disasters, specifically quite a lot of biological disasters. Movies that show us the fragility of human civilization and the human body and how a tiny organism can change everything just like that. That's what we're going to talk about today. Biological apocalypse in movies. Hi everybody, hello, Dr. Ruth Havos. I am Gil Kidron. This is the first time that I mentioned my name in one of these podcasts. Oh my God, it's Gil Kidron. That's the guy. That's the other guy. Uh, <laughs> it was always me. Yes. It was always me. Welcome to another Science in Movies podcast. And this is a Science in Movies podcast that is also a Corona special. We want to talk about biological apocalypse in movies, unrelated to anything that is happening now in the world. Just woke up and said, why the fuck not talk about biological yes, apocalypse? We might as well. Yeah, there's no connection really uh, to our current, uh, current yeah. uh, predicaments. So three movies, three movies today we're going to talk about. 12 Monkeys. Great, great movie. Great movie. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. My top 5, 10, whatever. Directed by Terry Gilliam with Bruce Willis, with Brad Pitt. My first time watching 28 Days because I usually don't like uh, zombie movies. Boom, 28 Days Later. Sorry. And re-re-watching Contagion, a movie that we've both re-watched six months ago for our Pandemic in Movies uh, podcast. But now... It feels different. Yeah, it does feel different. But you know what the popularity is on IMDb right now? It's uh, fourth place of all watched movies right now. Oh, my goodness. It's pretty popular. (laughs) People are checking notes to see what's what's next. (laughs) So I so I think I think this relates to like maybe the overall story that we're gonna talk about. How these three movies feel totally different today than they felt than the viewing experience was just a couple of months ago, just a few months ago. It's as if our our world has changed and now all this fiction looks less like fiction and more like uh, warning signs slash, uh, I don't know, us saying, Phew. That could have been so much worse. Yeah. We're very lucky. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're actually uh, kind of lucky. That's mm. true. <laughs> Considering. Right, I do yeah. feel like we're kind of lucky. Yeah. So please, 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 like, uh, this time, let this then be the warning that we need. I'm not sure if we're going to heed the warning. We already did incredibly bad with the HIV uh, uh, epidemic, pandemic. And when we had the warnings of SARS and of the swine flu and of MERS and just sort of coronaviruses emerging as more dangerous pathogens than just common cold. And we did nothing. In fact, we did worse than nothing. Uh, Some uh, politicians who are very, very orange... (laughs) 
um, ended up uh, gutting uh, essential services uh, to combat pandemics. So mm-hmm. this is worse than bad. Okay, so let me piggyback on the warnings that we didn't uh, heed with the... Let's start with first the science movie jingle. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Let's go on airborne. Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stuff. It's gone airborne. It's gone airborne. It's in there now. It's gone airborne. Oh, no. And so we, we, we didn't heed. Nobody no. heeded our warning. It yes, was right there in we the jingle. We were telling you all along. <laughs> at it's the beginning, airborne. the first, the first yeah. line. <laughs> oh, no. So let's start with the first movie. 12 Monkeys. Five billion people died in 1996 and 1997. Almost the entire population of the world. Only about 1% of us survived. Are you going to save us, Mr. Cole? How can I save you? This already happened. I can't save you. Nobody can. I am simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. 12 Monkeys, they are trying... There are warnings. Warning signs. All mm-hmm. throughout the movie. So for those of you who haven't seen it, first of all, go and watch it. It starts, the premise is, 5 billion people have died of virus that has spread all throughout the world, mutated really quickly, so we couldn't find, uh, how we, we couldn't find a way to deal with it. The surviving uh, people went underground. Now they're sending people back in time to try to see what were the warning signs, what, were, what, what actually happened, piece that together in order to, in the present, slash future their future their present our future try to solve this problem so they'll be able to go back outside breathe the air and also now animals they rule the city which is kind of a little bit mirroring echoing stuff that is happening right now my first reaction to re-watching this movie now is that now i feel bruce willis's frustration he wants to tell them what are you doing Everything is going to go bad. Why is everything going to go bad again? And I can only imagine going back in time, telling people, this shit is going to go down. And everybody's telling me, nah, come on, come on. Of course, scientists, vegans, animal rights activists have been saying that this will go down, that this will happen, and it's inve- and it's inevitable if we don't change our way. Yeah, great movie. I I, I loved it when it came out. Uh, it's um, a movie uh, that's directed by uh, Terry Gilliam. He's the American. Yeah, he's the American of uh, Monty Python, and he's he's done a bunch of uh, great movies, uh, Time Bandits and Brazil. Okay, and the movie is a little bit Terry Gilliam in the fact that it's a little bit weird. It's weird. Thanks. Cole, clear from quarantine. You aren't going to hurt us, are you, Mr. Cole? No, sir. We appreciate your volunteering. You're a very good observer, Cole. Thank you. We want want tough-minded people. Strong. Mentally. We've had some misfortunes with unstable types. For a man in your position, an opportunity not to volunteer can be a real mistake. Definitely a mistake. Yeah. Oh, he's he's. Uh, so, for example, the scenes where Bruce Willis has has to come before you know the officials who uh, interrogate him and select him mm-hmm. for his mission with all the re- weird contraptions and things that is very very Terry Gilliam esque, mm-hmm. and just the bizarre sort of time loops. Uh, and yeah. uh, people are a bit messed up in the heads. That is all very Terry, Terry Gilliam. 
So the, the, the officials that are making the decisions, this I think is uh, the, maybe the main theme of the movie or whatever for me. The main takeaway of the movie is that science giveth and science taketh. These mm-hmm. people, they, we are the, the, this dystopian future, people are ruled by scientists and, they're making, and he's making fun of scientists. Like science isn't an exact science and they don't know what they're doing. They're trying to send him back in time. They send him to the wrong time and they look grotesque and they look weird. Ed, spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you haven't watched this movie, but the people who create this uh, pandemic, the person, he's a scientist. Yes. He took a virus out of a lab and infected everybody because he's a nut. Okay, so this is an extreme uh, view on, on, on the dangers of science. And here today and in the, other, in, 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 in the third movie, we're going to watch it. Uh, we're going to talk about contagion. Today we have scientists working every day to save us. But also, in, 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 in many ways, more subtle ways than in 12 Monkeys, science also created this problem. A lot of the viruses that make us sick actually originate in animals. Some of the viruses that cause the flu come from birds and pigs. HIV-AIDS comes from chimpanzees. The deadly Ebola virus likely originates in bats. And in the case of the 2019 coronavirus, there's some evidence it went from a bat to a pangolin before infecting a human. An industry was born. Small local farms turned into industrial-sized operations. Bigger populations meant greater chances that a sick animal could spread disease. Farmers were also raising a wide variety of animals, which meant more viruses on the farms. The cages stuck above one over another. Animals at the bottom are often soaked with all kinds of liquid animal excrement, pus, blood or whatever the liquid they're receiving from uh, the animals. In a lot of disease risks, I agree with you that it is like these uh, zoonoses that come from other animals. Uh, that is, you know, we are cre- setting up, we're setting the scenarios for those diseases to emerge because of the scale of the bio industry and also the antibiotic use. All these animals are crammed together and then shipped all over the world. Which this is all very dangerous. But in fact, here the problem is maybe more anti-science uh, because these pangolins, which are dragged across the world, are used in uh, really anti-scientific uh, traditional yeah. Chinese medicine. Yeah. Uh, and they shouldn't be because, of course, these scales, which are being used medicinally, don't do anything. That's just like the, your fingernails. It's, and by the way, the same also as rhino horn. It's uh, keratin, which is just does nothing medically. And this is a very endangered animal. Please leave it the fuck alone. Okay, what are you doing? Doing. Leave all um, animals alone. I, I, I well, leave it, okay. exactly. And actually, in the 12 monkeys, this is also indirectly triggered by what we're doing to animals because the radicalization of the army of the 12 monkeys is in response to right. the treatment of animals in right. research labs. Which is also something that we'll see in the next movie, 28 Days uh, Later, that also starts with uh, animal rights activists. Uh, more directly there, not indirectly, like in the movie. I'm not sure if that's related to the coronavirus, but the fact that all the chickens, in the, whatever, in the world are, I'm exaggerating a bit, all the chickens in the world are basically the same, like clones of one another. So if one gets sick, gets a virus, then the virus just runs through all the chickens, no diversity in... Uh, 
in the way that their bodies can uh, defend uh, themselves against it, in their antibodies or whatever. Is that related to the coronavirus in any way? I don't think so, right? Uh, not so much. So the, the thing about the bio industry in kind of weirdly in their defense is that what is happening there or what would happen there in the case of an outbreak is something that we can't do with humans, which is just to cull the entire herd. And so, yeah. and with, you know, bird flu, for example, there was a bird flu outbreak in China and this bird flu is luckily not being transmitted human to human because if you get that that has a much much higher case fatality rate it's like something like 50% or even more oh no so that's definitely not something you, that you want to get and what's the the rate for the coronavirus uh, it's uh, it's less than a percent right it's 0.2 0.3 something like that something like that I, I and this mean, is we 50%. don't really know at this point but this is 50% okay. like this wow. is just a death sentence right uh, almost just don't get that and they had an outbreak of that in China, and so they just culled all the chickens and burned them, and then no more <laughs> outbreak. Yeah, so the the risk is more with wild animals, which of course we cannot cull, mm. right? So these diseases are often coming coming in from wild reservoirs, and actually more indirectly, science is still to blame in the sense that science allows us to expand demographically and geographically, so that we encroach on more and more of these wild habitats, come into contact with these animals, and then get their diseases. And bats are a particular case in that because they have a kind of different immune system, which makes them uh, carriers of a lot of diseases. Uh, mm. That don't affect them. That don't affect them, uh, but that are uh, that affect uh, uh, us. So, for example, also rabies is carried by bats, which is also really bad. You don't ah. get that. Yeah. Also about the science pro and against and anti-science uh, views in the movie. There are I don't remember who said it, but there's where there was one person there who doesn't believe in germs. Like a peek into the future in 2020, people. You, did you see this uh, this map and the graph of uh, people uh, believing uh, that the corona the coronavirus uh, pandemic is dangerous? A split into political affiliations. Democrats are very, very worried. Republicans, not at all worried. While even though they are more susceptible because usually, generally speaking, they have more underlying conditions. Uh, they eat less healthy. They are less healthy. They are... They don't have... Less of them have uh, health insurance. So there was this uh, this line, like, there's, like as if there's no truth, just like your opinion. Okay, I can't see germs. They don't exist. But the weird thing is how the uh, perception of the virus uh, splits politically in different countries. Because like it's not so obvious what's the partisan position here. You know, is it left-wing to be pro the virus or against the virus? <laughs> or is that right? Like, it's not very obvious. So, for example, in the Netherlands, it was actually the populist right who were a lot more worried about this very early on so they were okay we need to have travel restrictions close the borders mm. of course then oh you're being racist and and so on and so on although they were also on on public health policy they were saying pretty sensible things but that then was kind of politically radioactive because it was coming from the right instead of the left yes and, and I guess in different countries, it's like it's the, where it clusters is not sort of universal uh, uh, on one side or another right. of the spectrum. Right. It depends, first of all, who is in charge and yeah. what is the interests 
of the person in charge. So here in Israel, Bibi was in charge even though he was an uh, unelected prime minister and he lost the elections and his rival was uh, given an opportunity to form a coalition and to and to lay out some laws that would that would basically end Bibi's career. So Bibi's inherent uh, political uh, interest was to make this uh, pandemic the worst crisis in a thousand years for humanity. Mm-hmm. So his political followers followed that. Trump, on the other hand, his interest was that, the, you know, the, the, the Wall Street uh, will keep on making money because there's an election now. Da, da, da. So his interest was the other way. So his followers went the other way. Oh, yeah. And of course, like in, in the Netherlands, the populist right is in the opposition. So this was also a good opportunity to... Mm for grandstanding uh, against the government because they're not doing enough and how people are dying and look at how much we care for the common man. You know, 12 monkeys, though. 12 monkeys. So uh, what I missed in the 90s when I first watched uh, 12 monkeys and what I only now saw for the first time, which also oh. all of a sudden made it a lot deeper, is oh. that in his dreams he sees the the scene at the airport right mm, yeah and because of the time paradox in the movie the faces change so his dreams retroactively change also yeah. because of the time paradox and i totally miss that there's a lot of things uh, that you miss in the first time around because you don't know what to look for but every time i watch it i think this is my fourth time that i watched it still even this time i was like oh maybe this time it will be different <laughs> maybe yeah. this time it will end differently which is basically uh, i'm gonna give uh, a round of applause to terry gilliam the way that just even though you know what's going to happen, it's just like he made it in such a way that it's if no, it's, it's so close. Stop it, please. And also craziness, by the way, is also infectious in this uh, in this world. And 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 and, and psychiatrists also are banded together with science, even though it's not a scientific uh, field. Uh, it's mostly opinions based on uh, you know. Uh, experience and data and stuff but it's not as if you can say okay uh, this is the germ that uh, creates uh, so it's just like basically an anti-science uh, movie in uh, in many ways i really like brad pitt in this as well definitely like this is this is where in, in my eyes back in the 90s he was changing from you know of course uh, when he first started making movies uh, i had to not like him because i'm just like a, a regular boy and he's also hot so i thought oh, this guy has no death <laughs> right it's, He's just, yeah. it's just too hard even like to be real. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? Is yeah, that? but uh, but his acting in this is just excellent. I yeah. uh, and and yeah. he is he is a great actor, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but that I think that's one of the first movies where he's really starting to show that more so than just the six pack. Yeah, which he has, uh, and I don't. <laughs> Uh, there's also uh, okay another another theme here right as to who to believe uh, who who's telling you the truth about what's going on there's this boy stuck in the well and is he telling the truth uh, do we know what the cause and effect is if you cry wolf people say people have been saying we have uh, a lot of people are being Cassandra like that's also uh, woven into the movie that's uh, have been saying that a pandemic is, is a foregone conclusion but just like uh, it's going to happen it's just the matter of how well 
prepared we are. And uh, people did not hit the call, but maybe to what we said at the beginning, we are very lucky because this could have been so much worse because in this movie, it's mutated very quickly and, and maybe you, you can explain how that happens and why is that so, so dangerous, if that had happened to us in the real world here. Yeah, we are lucky actually. Uh, while we are recording this, at the same time, I'm participating in a, a bioinformatics hackathon where I'm collaborating online mm. with like a hundred other people who are mm. trying to do different things to combat uh, the coronavirus by writing code, basically by doing data analysis and uh, setting up infrastructure and so on. And I'm doing uh, a bit where I'm looking at um, the uh, published genomes of the virus and uh, looking at the mutation rates in it. And okay. uh, those are actually quite low. And uh, also the uh, the parts that are coding, so this, the, the viral genome is about 30 thousand letters not very long almost all of it is coding there's some heads and tail ends that are uh, ver more variable but they don't do anything uh, mm. and the coding parts seem rather conserved so you know okay. uh, and if of it, course and uh, it, it, let, let's hope for the best for and, now uh, in, okay. in, inshallah it stays that way but what happens uh, but if it for changes now it's, it, well, and how does it, it change well it can change in, uh, in different uh, directions uh, so something that people like to believe and maybe is true um, is the following so here the idea is well for the, from the perspective of a pathogen it's not actually so good if you get very very sick because then you are being isolated in a hospital mm -hmm. and then you can no longer mm -hmm. spread the disease so by that logic then uh, the virus would be selected for being less deadly but uh, because this virus also has this phase where uh, uh, asymptomatic people can spread it that selection pressure is actually not that strong uh, so what also seems to be the case and I saw like a paper about that just yesterday or preprint that for example there's selection for greater specificity between the spike protein that's on the surface of the virus mm. and the uh, ACE2 receptors which are in our lungs and in other parts of our body so more specific to humans which is oh. maybe not so great <laughs> that it started no. getting better at seeking us out um, which doesn't necessarily mean that it's that that makes it more deadly, um, but it does mean that it is evolving, and we don't want it. We want it to sit still. You know, we want to be able to design a vaccine which is actually going to do the job and not just give us a little bit of immunity or just for this year and next year we have uh, you know COVID mm -hmm. twenty one and then COVID twenty two and we just mm -hmm. keep going and going. We would like it to be slowly evolving. And, and, and how about going underground to protect ourselves? Is that just uh, sci-fi or is that something realistic that we breathe a different kind of air? I don't know, like viruses, can they go underground in tunnels? And I don't know if you build, I don't know, they need like a special thing to like on, in the, on the air, <laughs> air tunnels to sift out the virus that's uh, that's not realistic right that's the yeah that, that wasn't uh, that was really uh, realistic mm -hmm. uh, and just in general uh, I, I guess most viral particles they don't sustain themselves right so as soon as they're out in the open they start to decay they don't eat anything or have sort of self-repair uh. mechanisms so if they're on surfaces they might stick around for a bit mm. maybe a somewhat longish bit if it's uh, so. like certain plastic 
which metals, if they're kind of cold, they stick around for longer. And with this coronavirus, it could be like over a week. So that's not great. But they can't stick around for 30 years like in the movie if people are not there to pass it on. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. No, but so, I mean, what would be great if it was the case that we could all worldwide, you know, if we could worldwide organize and say, we're going to do mm-hmm. lockdown worldwide all at the same time. We'll make yeah. it lockdown party globally for like three weeks uh, and then mop up the, the people that got sick in the meantime. Yeah. And then we got it. Okay. Except, so now we have the problem that there's these wild reservoirs. So these bats still have it. So next time they're going to have sex with a pangolin, it's going to come, you know, happen again. No more sex with pangolins. Yeah. So we all have to stop fucking pangolins. Except for if you're a pangolin, then that's fine. Yeah. And I don't care how hot they look. Just stay away. <laughs> it's dangerous. <coughs> so that's, a, so unfortunately, that's a problem. And that's also kind of the uh, the issue with what we're doing right now with these sort of lockdowns or like Holland has now shifts to oh we're doing an intelligent lockdown which is we're just half-assing it and hope that we just keep the economy kind of going uh, but as soon as we come out of lockdown it's still circulating so boom there we go again next next spike you know mm. probably I guess for me final thoughts on the on the movie there was one uh, plot hole regarding the the time uh, going back in time because he he left a message on the phone in the airport they got his message late the phone call they did the reconstruction thing on it the phone call i just made five minutes ago and five minutes ago 30 years ago they just put it together man phone they could have got your message earlier even if they got his message late they can just send him to an earlier time that's not yeah. really a problem it's not that they <laughs> Whatever. And the, 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 the funny thing that I already noticed uh, in the, the second or th- and, and the third watch is that at the very end, when the scientist with the, with the virus uh, going on to fly to uh, other cities in the world, the woman sitting next, next to him, she's whatever, the chairman of the board of the scientists. And uh, she says, I'm uh, in insurance. <laughs> so basically, she's a, she's a hack. She's not really a scientist. Ah, oh, she's a grifter. Even the head scientist is just like, I guess uh, this is the, the job to do now. This is a good job now, so I'll be a scientist. Uh, one more thing about uh, this. Uh, so 12 Monkeys mm-hmm. is uh, based on the film uh, La Jeté, which La Jeté. is a, uh, a black and white film, which is kind of more like a slideshow with a voiceover. And it can be found in full on YouTube. And, uh, so I was told. Is it good? Have yeah. you watched it? Yeah, it is good. Uh, it uh, has a very melancholy feel to it. It's, it's just 20 minutes. So, mm. I mean, uh, people might be resisted to watching a black and white slideshow in French. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit too artistic, maybe. But this yeah. one's pretty good. It's uh, kind of short. And uh, if okay. you've seen 12 Monkeys, it's interesting to see what it is based on. And it's actually somewhat close in some parts. Like sometimes films are based on earlier things or books and you can just barely recognize it. But here you can still kind of see, oh yeah, this is what uh, what it really is based on. Okay. So go watch it. And if you haven't seen 12 Monkeys, go watch that too. Yep. And now let's go. Let's move on to 28 Days Later. I know what you think you're doing. You don't want to get hurt. Keep your mouth shut and don't move a fucking muscle. The chimps are infected. They're they're highly contagious. They've been given an inhibitor. Infected with what? In order to cure, you must first understand. Infected with what? Rage. 
It's a movie about a guy waking up from a coma to realize that the world has changed. There's a virus that creates zombies. There's complete societal breakdown. And everybody is a threat and could become a threat just like that if they're infected. And I could relate to his basic experience of uh, waking up from a coma and just like walking around and seeing what the fuck is wrong with the world because I went into home quarantine. It was March 4th. The world was still normal. People, people were going to cafes, people were going to the movies, people were doing, you know, uh, maybe some people had masks, but basically the world was normal. But I, I, I went into home quarantine because I just came back from abroad and it was a day after they announced everybody coming in for abroad, coming into Israel, have to, regardless of symptoms or where you come from, you have to spend 14 days in quarantine. And when I came out, it was already, you couldn't leave your house for farther than 100 meters or yards and everything was just weird everything was weird this is kind of a traumatic <laughs> experience for me that i think i need i don't know i will need to look back at it in the future to just understand uh, its impact but just I, I came out and like i don't know how to be in the world what is the world gone to it wasn't gradual at all it was just like watching from my balcony and then coming out and everything was different what is the last time that you gone out, uh, Rutra? Uh, March 13th. So you get your groceries delivered to your door? I have not, I've not been out at all. I've not had uh, groceries delivered at all. Nothing. So you have enough food? You <laughs> I have enough food? I'm in total lockdown. <laughs> Did I tell you? And, oh, I, I, so how do you get food? How do you get, uh, you know, I stuff prepped. to eat? I prepped. So you, were, so you hoarded, basically. Well, I'm a household of one person, so that's like... Right. Uh, that's what normal the weekend groceries for a family that's right enough for a bunch and of weeks and for how long <laughs> for how long do you have a uh, groceries left uh, a couple of weeks two weeks oh my three goodness. weeks yeah. and you don't even want to so but you have a balcony do you go and sit balcony. on the balcony yeah I'm, I'm getting my vitamin d i'm uh, sitting on the balcony uh and then uh then i guess we are kind of over the hump now in in holland uh numbers of infected is dropping number of deaths seems to be dropping but that's kind of lagging obviously mm -hmm. um and then i guess we're all wondering when uh restrictions are going to be lifted uh a bit more like i've been extreme extreme compared to everybody else but yeah. uh, i thought this was also kind of an interesting social experiment <laughs> or anti-social experiment <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. So, so how do you how do you relate your experiences uh, to the movie? How do you think you'll be when you come out? Maybe when you come out, things will be more normal than they were than they are now because you're gonna wait until it's normal, somewhat normal, to come out. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, there's it, there's going to be a new normal, you know. Uh, so in sort of think pieces in uh, Dutch newspapers, we are now kind of preparing ourselves or being prepared. Like a, a guy I know is a science journalist wrote this really depressing prediction piece of what the one and a half meter economy is going to look like. Oh, no. uh, right. So there's a whole bunch of things that probably for the next maybe two years or so until there's vaccines, if there are vaccines and they are widely distributed until that time, there's no more festivals, there's no more social things, any like anything, concerts, uh, like the museums are going to have huge problems. I work at a museum, so that's kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. uh, restaurants, all that. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of like uh, distancing also with schemes that make that work with indicators on, on 
on the ground and with like plastic walls between mm. people. The government is now speculating about, well, we're going to have this app and the app is going to record people's infection status. And then if you're near somebody who has it and it detects it via Bluetooth, then you get an indicator, uh-oh, you know, day walkers are nearby uh, and, and all that. So that's... Uh, uh, the zombies uh, so, in the movie. Okay. Yep, so that's coming. Um, oh, no. So uh, I don't know how normal the world's going to be, but uh, I guess there's going to be a new normal. Uh, Which is kind of what happened, uh, what happens in 28 days later. So we are him, right? We are this uh, gym guy, just a, just a Joe Schmo, not somebody of any importance. We, he, he walks out, we walk out with him. What the fuck happened to the world? We, we have the advantage that we saw the three minutes at the beginning where we saw that, uh, again, scientists playing around with animals they infected the apes with a virus a rage virus and it's super infectious that it takes 20 seconds and you become a, a flesh-eating zombie yep sorry yeah we're not there yet we're working on it uh, the rage virus uh, <laughs> is an interesting project but we, we haven't quite achieved it uh, and uh, i would assume that there would be like stronger uh, you know restrictions and security just like you, know, you can just open the the door <laughs> of the of the infected monkey just like open it no code no card no you know two people with like with a nuclear device two people at the same time with different keys no just like open it okay so if you tumble if one of the scientists just tumbles on the on the monkey that's it everybody's dead yeah i suppose you would keep the uh the the rage virus in a bsl4 facility at least um Uh, but not here yes So, so the like, so the the, the incredible uh, incredible impact of of the beginning of the movie, just like I don't know, 10, 20 minutes of him walking in an empty London, like the city center, and again, okay, this is the first time that I watch it. I'm sure that a lot of people, who, most of the people who watched watch it before the coronavirus, but it feels different now. You see it and you imagine, okay, this is what my city looks like. So there's it's like you're more emotionally engaged and involved and. It does, and, and you have less uh, suspension of disbelief yeah. because of what you're going through at the moment. Yeah, yeah my brother uh, went with his uh, daughters into Amsterdam uh, the other day and um, they took some photos right right in the center, you know, the part where you walk from Central Station to the Dam Square, which yeah. is always just a throng of people. Wow, right? it's horrible. There was yeah. nobody there, nobody, nobody there. there. And it looked like, so my parents said, well, this looked like four in the morning in the 1950s. <laughs> right uh. <laughs> just another time and then and so he posted those photos to the family whatsapp group and then i actually posted the photos of uh, you know, cillian murphy walking in in that super busy part of london uh, uh, with the bridge over the thames by whitehall and so on uh, and it's the same kind of vibe it's just completely yeah. empty it's weird wow wow so uh, brief side empty. note the uh, the hospital mm-hmm. that he wakes up from is the same hospital you know, they filmed in a hospital. It's the hospital where Boris Johnson is being treated right now. Uh, now I understand what you were referring to when we were texting. Okay. That's so the same we, hospital. It's the same hospital. So Jim's parents were telling him, basically, as they were dying, left him a note, don't wake up, which is heartbreaking. I guess uh, that shouldn't be a note left to Boris Johnson. No, no. We wish him uh, all the best. All the best. Oh yes, he uh, he has to uh, uh, be uh, grilled in uh, the comments about uh, his his terrible ideas uh, about uh, herd immunity and all his handshaking and 
his cavalier attitude uh, endangering the lives of, of, of many many Britons so mm-hmm. he, he better survive because he's uh, got stuff to answer for he's gonna go to prison well I don't know if they go to prison but he needs to uh, explain himself ooh, ooh. <laughs> but uh, okay, so I, don't, I like I, those sessions. Like, I, I hope that uh, you know that uh, the, I don't know if you've ever watched some debates in, yeah, uh, in the House of Commons, and uh, uh, that's always a good show. Uh, by the way, I just read that uh, the UK is projected to be the hardest hit country in Europe to yeah. surpass Italy and uh, Spain, thanks to Bojo the idiot. Um, but basically, so so the main theme there is how quickly society and societal norms can break down completely, completely. Yeah. You have to kill your friends if your friends become infected. Hey, hey. Who have you, you killed? Have, I haven't killed Since any. it began, who have you killed? You wouldn't be alive now if you hadn't killed somebody. Kill a boy. A child. But you had to, otherwise he'd have killed you. Just like you can do whatever you want because there's no money, no cash, no police, no law, nothing. So obviously it's, you know, dramatized, extreme situation. Uh, but it's kind of, we can, we can feel the truth. Well, in that, so, even though, in, so in, uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> in South Africa, the coronavirus has been very good for the life expectancy because there's much less murder in the streets. Oh. <laughs> in the lockdown. Really? It, oh, it, has, it has a negative uh, death count on the counter. <laughs> oh, no. And also, I think, it's, I think it has been a very, very bad for mar- the marginalized community of uh, burglars and uh, thieves because yep. everybody, everybody's at home all the time. Well, there right? was... Uh, so in in Holland, in, uh, in Brabant, which is the hardest hit uh, region, there was uh, a pretty massive, um, in Dutch it's called a plofkraak, which is <laughs> when they uh, go to an ATM machine and they mm. blow it up to get the cash out. And this was a big one. Mm. <laughs> okay. Like, so uh, like a like block a of houses was kind of like uh, damaged and stuff. Like, uh, mm. So there's, there's slight, slight anarchy, but then Dutch anarchy. So like some, yeah, it's not too bad. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah, and, so far and, so good. So but uh, who knows? Like, uh, uh, who knows where we're headed once uh, supplies start running out. No, what are you talking about? Everything will be fine. <laughs> we need hope. Okay, this is another thing. Another important theme in this movie. You need hope. If you don't have hope, hope is basically what keeps society together. The fact that we know that we're going to get through this. Okay, some people will lose their money and, you know, a lot of bad things will happen. We will lose uh, people that we love and da, da, da. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And in the movie, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, only at the very end you get the happy ending, thankfully, because I was really depressed. I was like, no, I need a happy ending because this is a really depressing movie. But the fact that they don't believe that there is such a possibility is basically what makes society fall apart totally. I promised them women. Eight days ago, I found Jones with his gun in his mouth. He said he was going to kill himself because there was no future. What could I say to him? We fight off the infected or we wait until they starve to death and then what? What do nine men do except wait to die themselves? I moved us from the blockade. I set the radio broadcasting and I promised them women. So give people hope. I guess one other thing <laughs> to add to this is uh, the premise of the movie is also the premise of the uh, music video of uh, LMFAO's uh, party rocking anthem. What the hell is wrong with y'all? Y'all insane? What you mean? Ever since that song came out, every day they've been shuffling. 
where uh, the two guys of LMFAO, they wake up from a coma in a hospital and they walk outside and they're, then they're being warned by this one guy. Okay, watch out, watch out, they're coming. Because now people, every day, they're shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. <laughs> and then they all start dancing in the street oh <laughs> this is even more wow no this is uh, uh, every day even more scary it's it just it, it gets in your bones man it gets in your oh, bones oh no give me that the beat corona is so infectious yep <laughs> so another realistic thing in the in the movie is how now people start uh, to take more drugs and to drink more alcohol I can it's a, it diverges, I think, a little bit. Uh, yeah, so what I, at least what I'm hearing on social media is that on the one hand, there's people who are actually living very healthily, and I'm right. one of them. Like, I'm not drinking, basically, at all. I'm eating really? very healthy. I'm doing both. Both eating healthily and drinking a lot, if that's possible. Why? And I've, I've, st- I've been uh, lifting weights and uh, sort of working on... Oh. i, I got to bring down my BMI, because that's one of the comorbidities, so I'm working on that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But then on the other extreme, there's also people who said they've uh, already uh, added the uh, COVID-19 pounds and uh, <laughs> they are uh, drinking too much. And uh, of course, those are the people who normally would go and exercise, which I don't do. So I'm sort of on stasis at, at that thing in that respect mm. anyhow. Uh, so it's going in multiple directions. There's, uh, yeah. there's, there's the nihilism and uh, uh, substance abuse on the one hand and there's more healthy living on the other. Right. I'm doing both. First of all, yeah, I'm also exercising more than before. And I think I lost all the weight that I wanted to lose. And this is just the beginning, right? So this is working for me. But I am started to drink every day at home, which I've never had. And earlier and earlier in the day, though, admittedly, you know, I'm, I drink, you know, whatever, two, three glasses of wine. This is like for me going crazy, drinking three glasses of wine. So what about uh, post-apocalyptic romance? We were talking about, you were talking about Uh, the new normal I constantly wonder since I am uh, available uh, ladies and uh, you are also available uh, what will the dating world uh, look like uh, once people feel like uh, dating again Uh, yeah I guess there's going to be a lot more uh, uh, texting and writing initially okay but then you just have to take the plunge and say okay let's hope that she's not sick that's it well uh, I uh, I think for a lot of reasons, I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to get some sort of class society where there's going to be the immune and the not yet immune, maybe even with uh, immunity passports of some kind or another, right? so maybe there's some way, like, who knows how dystopian this is going to get, that we're going to have to have it on our phone or something else to identify as, as having the right antibodies or not. How about when we go traveling, for example, right? Do our, our country's going to have some sort of uh, immunity requirement to let you in? And is that going to be a factor in uh, in dating, or is it going to be maybe it could go either way, right? So, for example, of course, with HRV, there was this whole, you know, especially in the gay community, that this this problem, obviously, and so there's also dating for people who are zero positive, mm-hmm. and there's even like this weird. I don't know if this is just a moral scare or if it's a real thing, but there's supposed to be this thing of the bug chasers who would just like to get it over with and become infected and have unprotected 
sex. Is that what we're going to do as well? Like, let's just both get on the same level and, and see if we make it through or something? Yeah, yeah. Let's go into quarantine together, 14-day quarantine together, and let's hope we both come out alive. And if we do, then we're fine, I guess. Yep. So that will expedite really quickly things. So we just like, get to know each other like, from afar, and then, boom, 14 days living together. Lockdown. Yep. <laughs> Lockdown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ah, another thing. I'm sure you you empathized. So one of the main characters is a dad. Yeah. And he has a girl. Dad, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, sweetheart. Sorry I lost my temper. Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad! Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! Ah! 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 I guess that everyone could uh, empathize and see themselves doing, saying and doing exactly the same. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that, that was uh, hard to watch. And then at the end, the, the hero, he becomes uh, infected not uh, by the virus, but he, is, like, he, he embodies the total breakdown of society he's without his shirt and he has all this blood and he's just like rage killing all the soldiers. So the dangers are manifold. The breakdown of society is very dangerous. Yeah. And he's also, I think he had brain surgery because he also wakes up with kind of like a mohawk type thing where they shaved part of his head, mm. uh, I think, for the surgery. And I guess we're also headed in that direction that more and more people are going to be rocking some sort of uh, goop corona like you have already. Why uh, did you? You, you, see you said you're going to keep a mohawk. Where's the mohawk? Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I'm, uh, I'm still uh, trying to maintain uh, this look for as long as I can, but it's starting to get a little goofy, so... Uh, Probably you know time to maybe, break maybe my next uh, haircut, I'll just like uh, raise at the, uh, the both sides and leave the, be- the the middle, like a mini mohawk. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I had in mind as well. Yeah. Yeah, but you have like a more hair. For me, it will be just like a little bit. For you, it will be like a proper mohawk. For me, it will be like a poor man's mohawk. <laughs> a uh, are you ready to move on? Are you ready to move on to the main dish? of the podcast Contagion. Yes, let's do it. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. Uh, contagion. So, first of all, okay, so this is uh, number two trending also on Netflix, whatever. Just the beginning of the movie. Black screen, and then... <coughs> and you're like, oh no. <laughs> this is gonna go. be... This is gonna be tough. This is going to be tough. And you get stressed right away because it starts right away. Day one, day two, day three, day four. You see these people touching everything, going all the way around. And now you know it. And you're like, no, don't touch anything. Why are you touching yeah. this? Yeah, the, the way they filmed the touching. Now, uh, like, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is very, very, very hard. Oh, there's so many things now about it that I just, oh, they hit home so close. Ooh, it's hard. And I want to tell you, all these people who are sick, okay, so they don't know that they have this, uh, this really dangerous virus, but they're kind of sick. And they're still going on outside. I was like, 
don't didn't sick people used to stay home before uh, coronavirus they just like go around the bus and the train and go on to markets why are you going out to the market uh, Chinese sick dude <laughs> stay at home you don't want to rest well there's this meme uh, going around of uh, uh, you know how in the Hobbit um, uh, you know uh, Bilbo Baggins he, uh, he sort of walk and he says oh I'm going on an adventure right mm-hmm. he, uh, he's, he's going traveling and uh, there's these uh, these two images one of people with normal diseases lying in bed ah. you know and then people yeah. with corona yeah wow. going on an adventure <laughs> yeah exactly you got all these all these sick people here and they published their or they reported their schedule what they did and you were like wow these people they are really going around like Three restaurants a day to this store, to that store, to this cinema. People are really, 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 really getting busy. Well, that, so that is that's I had this kind of uh, sci-fi idea of uh, okay, there is uh, these fungi or like kind of mold which uh, they're called cordyceps and they infect insects. And then what happens is that the uh, fungus starts to influence the behavior of the insect. It takes over the the neural uh, system. Okay. the nervous system of the insect because then what it does is the insect climbs up to some high point where it can where it can get it could just be like a stalk of grass or something like that mm-hmm. and there it just holds on and then it dies and then the fungus grows through the whole insect and then throw, grows these sporing bodies that come out of the insect and then they burst open they spread the spores further so they influence the behavior that of exists, the insect right? yeah that exists okay. so imagine if corona actually did that <laughs> if it made people oh, no. if it influenced our behavior and made us more have you know wanderlust and oh, <laughs> go around the oh, world to no. spread the infection <laughs> which is kind of what is happening uh, in the movie so we haven't said this the movie basically i know it's gonna seem far off far-fetched but uh, stick with us there's a pandemic that starts in china because of some uh, thing going on with animals and then it just spreads quickly, very quickly around the world. And then people are uh, with And masks, not just any uh, animals, whichever. not just any animals. Right. A bat. <laughs> Goddamn bats. <laughs> Goddamn bats. And then it just spreads and, and, and the world is in lockdown. Uh, but, okay, so here science is the solution. Great. Another thing, okay, but our situation is much better. Their society is breaking down really, really quickly. Like murders, run on the banks, run on pharmacies sees total fake news and i was like proud of our of this humanity and i'm like huh people are really nice to each other now from at least what i see and maybe you want to talk about that their virus is much more deadly much more dangerous much more infectious well so the uh, uh, the are not thing in the movie so that's where actually they explained the concept as if we hadn't all heard about this (laughs) because back then we hadn't it's the biggest shopping weekend of the year. I think we need to consider closing the schools down. And who stays home with the kids? People that work at stores, government workers, people that work at hospitals. When will we know what this is? What causes it? What cures it? Things that keep people calm. What we need to determine is this. For every person who gets sick, how many other people are they likely to infect? We call that number the R-naught. R stands for the reproductive rate 
of the virus. Any ideas what that might be for that? How fast it multiplies depends on a variety of factors. The incubation period, how long a person is contagious. Sometimes people can be contagious without even having symptoms. We need to know that too. And we need to know how big the population of people susceptible to the virus might be. So far that appears to be everyone with hands, a mouth, and a nose. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I think it's about in similar range. Like they say uh, between two and four or something like that in the movie. I don't quite remember. In recall. the movie it starts with two and then it mutates and goes to four. I just watched it uh, yesterday and today, so I remember it. It's oh, fresh right. in oh, my okay. mind. Okay, there you go. So that's and, that's and not, Corona that's starts with two and and goes lower, right? Well, yeah. So what they don't really say in the movie Contagion is that the R naught is not just something that's intrinsic in the virus. Yeah. That is just how it manifests in society. So as we go into lockdown, the R naught drops, yeah. right? Because it doesn't yeah. magically go through walls or anything. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, that I hadn't really considered. That. Yeah, that's kind of plot hole. But it's more deadly. It's twenty percent. 30%. It's more deadly and it, uh, it affects uh, uh, different age ranges. Uh, so it's, it's a bit more like the Spanish flu, I guess, which had this effect that it uh, was actually very deadly for people in the prime of their life because they had this overreaction in the immune system which killed them and with corona it's uh, you know it's a very very serious pneumonia and and the people that don't survive it are the people who don't survive a very serious pneumonia uh, especially because of the treatment that they like a, a lot of people who don't survive corona are people who maybe would are not put on intensive care or are put on it and then don't survive because what actually happens as treatment is just very very brutal in itself right? it's like you uh, the lungs are very inflamed and so they have to put these tubes all the way down your throat into your lungs, pump the oxygen in there actively because you can't do it. And because that is like you can't stand that even for a second, you have to be put under coma, like yeah. uh, pharmaceutically induced, and stay there for like three weeks. And so very old people would just not recover from that if they had to lie down for three weeks and not breathe by themselves. They're just not going to come physically come out of that. So that's why... Yeah. They are even discouraged in a lot of countries also, maybe as kind of a triage measure, but maybe also just because it's kind of very hard to live through that in, in the best cases. Or even like that, so they do the, the intubation, they also do this thing called uh, ECMO, which is really science fiction-y, which is like uh, something like extracorporeal machine oxygenation or something like that, which is that the blood, that your blood is pumps out of your body into a machine, and there the machine saturates it with oxygen and pumps it back into you so there's no breathing activity at all there's just oxygen rich blood is pumped back into your body and is that enough that is enough except well well wow well, people yeah, who is are that, is, is who that are real or is that that's not in the movie that is real that, that is real that is uh, they like they they were doing it in china they have these ecmo units here in holland also at the, the big hospital here in Leiden. They have those, but just the survivability of that, because then you're so very seriously ill, it's still like 50-50 or something like that so, to make it out of that. And in the movie, we, we don't see any, anybody recover. If you have symptoms, then you're dead. Yeah, and very quickly. And it's uh, so I guess it attacks the nervous system because people get these seizures, right? Or maybe like they get some sort of, uh, I guess they, they try to model it a little bit on Spanish flu, like they get this overreaction of the immune system, which is why it's so dangerous people in their prime because they have a healthy immune system. And then they overheat and then maybe because of that they get the seizures or something like that. Hmm. 
Yeah, something happens to their brains also. And I was also struck in this movie how even when she gets uh, sick and she lo- and, and and dies and her son dies, how still unsympathetic uh, I find uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Even yeah. when they cut off her head, she just looks annoying the entire time. The entire time. Yeah. Uh, and all kinds of stuff that we already know. They talk about the novel, uh, novel virus, okay, the touching of the face. So at this point, I think we have to believe this is respiratory. Maybe fomites, too. What's that, fomites? Uh, it refers to transmission from surfaces. The average person touches their face two or three thousand times a day. Two or three thousand times a day? Three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, elevator buttons, and each other. Those things become fomites. So this movie, I think like everybody in the world will watch it <laughs> eventually. It might become this kind of movie that you just have to watch and and they're talking about the spanish flu and you're talking about the spanish flu so this is also a good example how history evolves uh, 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 later and how the spanish flu will now become a historical event that uh, everybody will learn about in some way or another even though it happened a hundred years ago and it was really unimportant it was just like at the tail end of the of world war one and then there was world war two cold war so okay is this pandemic who cares about this pandemic yeah now history like a, is gonna... a freak freak singular event Right. Exactly. Not a single now there's a pattern. <laughs> yes. Like, boom, boom. But also the earlier uh, epidemics. Uh, now that I learn a little bit more about the measures that people also took in the Middle Ages, I'm more and more starting to understand them and think, oh, not so crazy. Uh, For example, first of all, well, t- quarantines come from 40 days, right, Calanta or whatever, mm. because ah, that was how okay. long ships were not allowed to dock. Mm. If they came so from this abroad. is why it's called quarantine. Come yes. on, forty. Okay, yeah, nice. forty days. Uh, and also, like people were trying to keep intruders out of their communities because they could be a source of passages. Also, people were moving to the countryside and getting holed up. So, the whole uh, uh, premise of uh, the De Camerone by Boccaccio, which there's a very good audiobook version uh, on SoundCloud that I've been listening to, that is uh, about uh, a group of somewhat well-to-do people from Florence who moved to the countryside to survive the Black Death and now that seems like wow that's kind of a good idea (laughs) but I also saw a very very um, clever thing which is total analogy with the present and it's the following so the Black Death was raging people still had to do shopping so there were markets but of course everybody was very worried about handing stuff over to each other Mm -hmm. because maybe that's how you spread it Mm -hmm. and so different towns had and still have these things called plague stones so there's on the market square there's like this big boulder or rock or kind of like table height with a a, a sort of bowl shape cut into it or in like small or dimples and they filled it with vinegar and then if you paid you put your coins in the hole mm. and then the other person took them out of the hole and so then the money was disinfected and so now we use wow. now all of a sudden a lot of people have switched to apple pay or other forms of contactless <laughs> payment also yeah. to not transmit the virus through ah. money ah, that's neat right i never knew that that existed very neat no, I never knew. Uh, so, so this is maybe this is the weak point in the movie that they don't explain the whole economic, uh, economical, political side to it that we are living through now. How does society function if everybody's locked down? How do you pay rent? How do you pay for food? How do you pay for uh, you go to the to, to the pharmacy? So this is uh, they just like briefly go over it, but it 
don't doesn't dwell on that uh, at all and that's kind of a shame i guess yeah also they they kind of uh, assume that uh, well the professionals from the cdc and other health authorities are being taken seriously and governments yes. are just going to try to act competently and yes, exactly. mentalize it uh, for their own politics exactly so this is actually now you reminded me well like this is this is the main point that i want to talk about here in this movie people are competent people are doing the right thing you get advice professional advice and like okay i'm gonna follow this professional advice and uh, this is going to work because we're gonna do it right and there's in, in, in this movie or any of the other similar movies you don't have like a leader president prime minister who's like uh i'm gonna shake hands with the people who have the bubonic plague oh this is a hoax i have the, the, this is just the flu is just gonna go over or people are, or you don't have a leader say okay i'm gonna use this to stay in power even though i lost the election yeah. none of that yeah. Yeah, and the politicizing is so uh, so dangerous also that uh, you know in contagion there's the character of jude law who is the guy on social media who's selling this miracle drug for Scythia which turns out to not do mm -hmm. anything yeah. and now and the people are really debating if it's Trump the for Scythia guy with his yeah. chloroquine now, the malaria it probably drug, isn't. Right? Yeah, like there are some indications yeah. that it actually, especially as a prophylactic, uh, is not such a bad idea. Uh, but the evidence is not really in right now. So it, this is weird that now Forsythia guy is sitting in the White House, you know? After the Spanish flu in 1918, you know, people got rich. The Vicks Vapor Rub people, the Lysol people, look it up. One man dies, another man makes money off his coffin. One country culls all their chickens, red meat goes into higher demand. I'm not the first person to make money off the fact that our immune system is a work in progress. The pharmaceutical industry do it every quarter. I don't think anyone is immune to opportunity, Alan. It's just that the studies show that there is no proof that Forsythia okay. works. Who conducted the studies? What defines works against what strain of the virus? Did you know about the studies when we met the last time? And the timeline of the vaccine in the movie is much more optimistic than the actual timeline for the coronavirus uh, vaccine, right? It's like in day 133, one, after 133 days, that's Ooh. not even half a year. Yeah, that's, we're not on that timeline at all. Uh... Uh... And uh, to also, uh, but also to well, what what we could be super super lucky, and something comes out, uh, something is trialed enough to know that it might work within this year, right? If we're very lucky with this uh, mRNA vaccination uh, that I guess Moderna is uh, developing, that could be the the good news could come in somewhat quickly, but it might also not. But even if it comes in, then just manufacturing that's the big problem, right? To make it so that that we can actually roll this out and who gets it first and exactly but that was kind of an interesting detail how they did that with the uh, date of birth to select people to uh, to get it yeah. i'm not sure if i'm actually uh, totally in favor of that i don't think it's the smartest way to go about it i think first of all of course medical professionals and you know other people like yeah. the cops and stuff like that <laughs> like okay make sure that they can keep functioning and then the more vulnerable like the elderly uh, just they get their covid shots and then mm -hmm. finally we i think i mean no I finally maybe the people who are 20 20 somethings we're not 20 somethings we're getting closer to the <laughs> slowly getting closer to the age range true Us. true okay well i don't no, want to no, be okay, last yeah. I don't yeah, want to be no, last. I don't want to be last either. But uh, maybe kids, maybe kids, because they. Uh, but other people's kids, our kids, they should. Uh, they they go get it first. Yeah. Uh, well, no, first I want to see if they get the autism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Next citizens to receive the MEV1 vaccination are those born on the day January 11th. Okay. All right. 144. That's still uh, 200, uh, more than 200 birthdays, huh? That haven't been called, so that's good. That's a good number. Maybe I'm immune like you and I don't even need it. So instead, we lose spring, we lose summer, we lose another 144 days that don't happen again. Why can't they invent a shot that keeps time from passing? Yeah, the yeah the the father daughter thing is. Uh, I mean, it's hard to watch. Also, also for me, like uh, yeah, I have a daughter. I only see her on Skype. I mean, that was already partly our way of life mm. anyway. But now there's also no travel because she lives in a different country. She lives in a different country. Um, and so now I, you know, I'm longing for the moments where I can just hug her again, you know. Um, and who, who knows how long that's going to take? Yeah. We just don't know all that much yet uh, about exactly how this virus behaves and nobody really knows. And so that's also very hard for the experts because there's a whole bunch of questions that cannot just not be answered yet. So, for example, hmm. is there okay. a kind of a climate or weather pattern to it? Like as the summer, if the summer, when the summer comes, you know, is that going to affect the transmission? rates it might be because there might be less transmission in the tropics but we can't really tell because there's less testing there so we don't know that yeah. we don't know whether there's any like uh, differences in uh, the uh, uh, presence of this uh, receptor the ace2 receptor and if there's like a uh, demographic components or even like ethnic components to it we also don't know if there's any uh, treatments that just happen to have helped uh, so for example there i saw a paper where it looked Looks like there might be less infections in regions where there's malaria because people take chloroquine against malaria so that they are a little bit protected. Mm. We don't know that. Also, there might be this the BCG vaccination, um, What's that? which is uh, I think it's uh, against uh, TBC. Um, Tuberculosis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be that that has some sort of protective effect or something like that. Not, but we don't have enough data for any of those things. So there's all bunch of it's not even pseudoscience it's just like hypothesizing about things which we don't yet really know and nobody knows so that's that's kind of tough also that uh, you know these stories are floating around and are they true are they going to mm. be discounted so how is this going to develop that's just still ongoing yeah but still people by and large are doing as they're told are yeah. by and large believing governments ah okay so this is the point i want to talk about uh, the conspiracy theories so i don't know if you know any people who are conspiracy theories but apparently one of the people from my neighborhood were facebook friends he's deep into that so i've been reading his posts and have, have not unfriended him or unfollowed him because i wanted to you know this is just like a, <laughs> a portal into a different world. yeah what the fuck are they talking about they're talking about this building in georgia georgia usa that has been built a long time ago and this is why this is uh, both uh, the virus is not real and real and they have been preparing for it for some time and and, and you see just a lot of people responding i guess this is his social circle but and also the the the, the 5g conspiracy theory yeah, <laughs> so uh -huh. thankfully our antibodies of society are still working pretty well and it's not and 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 while jude law starts with the two million uh, unique uh, visitors towards the blog every day and then at the end of the movie it's 12 million 
Hmm. Here it's not uh, it's not catch, catching on. It's on the fringes of uh, of society, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my conclusion, all these uh, biological apocalypse movies are now they hit us deeper. Yep. The impact is stronger. Yeah. Things that were once out of the realm of uh, you know possibility are now even if they are extremely exaggerated now just like a, like a a new door has been opened in your mind to new really bad things that could happen mm-hmm. obviously there could be if 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 used if this opportunity is uh, used correctly we could use it to make our world better now that people understand that bad shit can happen everywhere and maybe okay Okay, my biggest takeaway of these movies to uh, 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 clump together and of what's going on now is just like I'm having I'm having a really really hard time still to fathom the fact that everybody at the same time is going through the same experience everybody yeah. like the sheer global scale of it it could be you know actors like uh, athletes uh, homeless people yesterday like homeless people were walking down the street I uh, was I uh, was just like the Uh, doing a, taking a tour around the block and they were joking with me uh, we're we're going farther than 100 meters away from our house oh look uh, I'm <laughs> now I'm, I'm, oh, I, I'm not allowed to be here <laughs> and they were laughing and I was laughing so like everybody's going through the exact same thing at the exact same time this is uh, Well, but, but except I expect that this is now going to be the new big event that's just going to bore the shit out of us for the rest of our lives, right? Just like, uh, you know, for the greatest generation, uh, World War II was the yeah. thing. It was endlessly in movies and books and so on. There's going to be mm-hmm. so many Corona diaries so. and Corona books and movies and the romances at in the time of Corona. I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you see, you're already tired of it, just imagining it. <laughs> so I, I don't want to read any any story or love affair about uh, at the age of corona i don't see any movie about the coronavirus just like no no okay your words uh, final words of wisdom we already gone on this is going to be very long okay uh well uh be safe and uh, stay healthy or or become healthy and uh take care of yourself and uh, each other in the immortal yeah. words of jerry springer okay so thank you everybody uh for for tuning in uh so if you if you enjoy uh if you enjoyed this specific episode and if you in general enjoy our podcast uh, then maybe you can consider uh, sharing it on social media or just uh, sending it to a friend or family member that you know that uh Uh, will be interested in this and if you want to actually really tangibly support uh, our little venture then you can go to patreon.com slash got academy or to paypal.me slash got academy or you can email me with uh, any idea or thought or feedback that you might have uh, gilkid at gmail.com or follow us on twitter it's got underscore academy or follow you on social media on twitter that is r-v-o-s-a uh, r-v-o-s-a on twitter and you bunch uh, and you post a bunch of stuff on uh, about science yeah yeah it's uh, it's Mainly. all sciencey uh, content yes it's really cool sciencey context uh, content and some of the stuff that you created the uh, original stuff that you created uh, got viral which was uh, pretty cool like the dancing uh, crab thing that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah. 
That was pretty cool. Uh, okay, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Rutger. Boom. Thank you. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Gil Kidron. Gil Kidron, this is me. <laughs> Just I'm Gil Kidron. Putting it out there. And we want to do want to do uh, a quarantine in uh, Disney in Disney movies, right? Yeah. Oh, I think that should be a kid friendly uh, podcast. Kid friendly podcast. We're gonna hopefully have Noga Ariel Galor, our resident uh, therapist, uh, in it. And we want to do uh, ah, we want to do a podcast about the plot against America. Yep. Uh, this month, at the end of the month, hopefully. Either... I haven't watched yet, but I've read the novel, and the novel is also, of course, very good. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of reasons to subscribe, follow our podcast. Do it, and if you're uh, listening to it on uh, iTunes, maybe you can give it, give us a five star rating if you think we're worth it. Yes. And uh, so, so that's it, everybody. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Cause everyone seems to need the cure